But initially, Scott, and welcome to the show. What do you think of this 23 that has been named? Your initial thoughts? Yeah, pretty sharp, actually, Gus. Um, and good afternoon to you and all your listeners. Um, yeah, I, I mean, great to see that loose forward mix. Uh, I think Adi Savia deserves a start in all black colours, and throwing him in there at six, I think, is a really good move. It allows Kieran Reid uh, to do the vast majority of his role at number eight, which he's very, very good at defensively, getting out into space, uh, being a ball-running option for the All Blacks, and, and also allows Adi Savia a chance maybe to mix up the role with Kieran Reid so that he can uh, show his attacking flair when required. And so when do you see that occurring? It'll be like a, a systematic change in these guys as they swap back and forth, not too dissimilar to what we see in, with the 15 and 10 over the years? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think there'll be a bit more subtlety to it than that. But, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they've got a plan to utilise them in, in different elements and, and using what they're both very good at. But, you know, again, I, I see Kieran Reid, uh, he's a number eight, and the number eight job comes with a lot of responsibilities on the field that, you know, I think he's the best in New Zealand at. And uh, I think they'd want to see him continue to do what he does in that position. But, you know, like I say, I think there'll be times in the game where, uh, you know, there are, there are subtle shifts for the All Blacks in the way that they use uh, that entire Liz Ford mix, not just uh, the six and the eight. Mm, we'd be all keen. There's been so much talk around Savia and Reed and who's playing what role and doing. Not to my Sam Kane, I won't say he's the forgotten man, but uh, the way he's come back uh, from that dicey injury has been phenomenal. I'm so looking forward to seeing his reintroduction into the side after basically no one around in the last game against South Africa and just see how much that affects the feeding of, of Smith onto Moanga and how much that opens up the back line, having relevant loose forwards in the picture. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sam Kane's there because he dominates people and uh, that, that's his job. It's, and in fact, you know, over the last few years, that's been all of the loose forwards' job. They've got to make tackles and big tackles. And Sam Kane is, I think, the best in the world around the edge of a ruck at putting guys backwards and making those dominant tackles, which is so crucial to get your line set on defence. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I implore people to, to watch Sam Kane in isolation while they're watching a game. I know it's a bit harder on TV, but if you ever get the chance live uh, to watch any of the number sevens, really, whether it be Adi Savia, Matt Todd, Sam Kane, just watch them work individually and you'll just see how much they do and how much doesn't get picked up when you're looking at the television picture. Uh, phenomenal work rates and um, you know I've been uh, with another famous all right number seven today in Masterton and uh, you think about work rates he, he really uh, I guess wrote the book on it for the modern generation so Kane I think while he is a, a different kind of player to a Josh Cronfeld or a Richie McCaw or a Michael Jones uh, his role is still so crucial to the way the All Blacks want to play the game defensively. Scott Stevenson joins us. He's uh, been down uh, at uh, the, the funeral of uh, Sir Brian Lahorn. We'll talk more about that later on in the piece. I'm sure mm. it was a, a pretty sombre affair, but also a touch of joy around what he actually brought to the game of rugby. We'll carry on with the match day 23 uh, as it has been released. It says, well, how much does this say, this loose forward combo, about the likelihood of Matt Todd, who is on the bench, making it on the trip, making it on the plane over to the World Cup? I would love to see it. Um, yeah, I've got enormous respect for Matt Todd, and you know, I've been anyone who's listened to me bang on about Todd over the over the last few years would know that I've gone on about it ad nauseum. I mean, the, the guy is a freak, and you know, but for the fact that he has played in a generation where we've had some other outstanding number sevens, he would be universally lauded. He his work rate in that South African Test was insane. Uh, the Super Rugby final, and, and with all respect to Richie Moanga, who was named Man of the Match in that uh, final. Uh, how uh, the people adjudicating that didn't give that to Matt Todd is beyond me. He was just so good in that game. It was it was unbelievable. So, you know, I, I hope 
that he makes the team, I think they will look at the balance they've got now in terms of their lock utility forwards and their loose forwards. And I think they'll be saying to themselves, you know what, just having a guy like that in the side who can just go and work for us is crucial. And, and yeah, I do hope he makes the side. I really do. Sam Whitelock and um, Scott Barrett, probably no real surprises there. Scott Barrett maybe short of a trot, obviously uh, out after his um, hand came into some form of contact trouble in <laughs> Super Rugby. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's healed pretty well. And, and I guess the joy of having an injury like that, if there is such a thing as joy in any injury, is that you know he can still be on the bike, he can still keep his fitness up. It wasn't a leg injury where you've got to lay up and not do anything. So I'm sure they've had a plan for Scott Barrett. Uh, that combination with Sam Whitelock is pretty solid, mate. They've worked together a long time in the Crusaders. Uh, so there'll be, you know, I don't, I don't think there'll be anything lost in that. I mean, Retallick being out of any side is a problem and you'd want him in your team. But Scott Barrett offers uh, a lot in that uh, combination with Sam Whitelock. Uh, maybe down a little bit in line-out prowess, the All Blacks in this game, but I think up against the Wallabies, that's not really an issue. Uh, the Wallabies aren't renowned for their line-out, line-out drive approach. So uh, the All Blacks won't be too concerned with, with losing anything at line-out time that they might have had with Brady Retallick there. Yeah, there'll be a lot of interest around um, when Patrick uh, Tupolotu comes on and, and what position, what role he takes too, because he's one of these guys that could, could, could cover a couple, that depending on, on what happens on the pitch. All this, I keep talking about the jigsaw, but that's what it is, isn't it, Suma? It's such a phenomenally complex jigsaw for the people picking this final 31. They can only pick 31. They can't predict who the injuries are going to be. They want specialists, but they also need guys who can cover a number of positions, and this is what they're going to learn, especially out of the uh, out of the eight that come onto the park later on in the piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, Darcy. I mean, it's always fascinating this time of year because you, you can see most of the thinking of the all-black coaches, but there are a couple of blind spots, and there are a couple of spots which I guess they agonise over more than more than even the New Zealand public does if you, if you could do such a thing. But, um, you know, look, they've got the nucleus of their team there. And, and if I look around this team in terms of the midfield setup, you know, Nani Lamapi's got another job to do out there. Anton Leonard-Brown getting a start, I think, is good for him personally. Remember, he was used largely as a bench option last year, so he'll relish the chance to get out there and start a test match alongside Jack Goodhue, who um, I don't think too many people would argue would, would be your starting centre uh, at Rugby World Cup. Um, and uh, you're welcome to call me out on that one. But, you know, Goodhue and Anton Leonard-Brown are an exciting young combination. And I, and I think, you know, of all the combinations out there and of all the permutations, that's the one I'm most looking forward to watching, just how they go at 12 and 13, those two together. Mm, well, pressure on Nani, obviously, to put his hand up because, of course, Sonny Bill playing uh, for counties and, and Ryan Crotty will come back and he will travel, won't he? Well, I mean, yeah. Well, well OK, maybe not. <laughs> Careful, mate. You won't be welcome back in Canterbury again. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd love to see Crotty go as well. I've got a lot of respect for him, but... Ultimately, you know, you've got Sonny Bill Williams back playing Mitre 10 Cup rugby this weekend. Um, you know, they want to take him, don't they? Everything they've said is saying that Sonny Bill Williams' name is in 10 already in the squad list. So that narrows down your opportunities in, in midfield. And, uh, you know, they've got, at the moment, Nani Laomapi, Anton Leonard Brown, Jack Goodhue with the team, uh, and Crotty injured. Uh, does five and four go? I'm not entirely sure it does. So. Uh, someone's heading for heartache, and I don't know who that is at the moment. But, uh, you know, all Ngani Laomapi has to do is say, I've got an opportunity, and if I get 20, 30 minutes out there against Australia, I've got to go down and, and make my case irresistible. I've got to ask you about the, the front row, because, again, we've got a situation where, what, we've got six players floating around, well, the props anyway, mm-hmm. probably only five going to be taken. So, again, a lot expected from these guys who are borderline. I mean, Moody's not and Franks is not, but beyond that, who's the definitive? Is Angus Tavao definitely there? Atimali, Afatukma Fasi, the list goes on. 
Well, I think Tonga Fassi is a definite, um, given his versatility. Um, you know, Angus Tarbell has certainly made every post the winner since his call into the All Blacks. He really has. He's matured into a wonderful ball-playing prop. Steve Hansen mentioning, uh, you know, during the last cut that that's what they're looking for. Props have got to be more than line-out lifters and scrummages. They've got to be around-the-field options. They've got to be carry options. They've got to be dummy options. Uh, Tarbell's work rate and mobility... Uh, certainly have given him, I think, an edge at the moment. But Nipple Lalala, another one uh, who returned home for a pre-season game, joined up again with the squad. Atu Moli, who they've got a lot of faith in. Um, you know, yeah, it is it is a tight battle, I think. The, the prop forwards that they've got there now are going to be the ones going. And, um, you know, I guess one more has to drop out. And who that's going to be, I couldn't say for sure. But what we know about that position full stop is, it's very rare that you get through a World Cup campaign without losing one of them. So there's got to be a couple of big props uh, still on high alert back in New Zealand, even if they don't make the 31. Primary objectives, Scott, do you think that the All Black management coaching staff want out of this fixture? And yourself, personally, what would you like to see? Oh, they've got to crush them. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, uh, I mean, not not for my benefit. I don't, you know, it doesn't worry me. But, I mean, you, you, you know, you're now three tests out from the start of a Rugby World Cup. Uh, you've bedded in your systems. You've been together three weeks. Uh, you know, I know you've made some structural changes out there, but now you've got to go and put it in place. And, you know, what better way to do it than in a tournament you've built up yourselves? You've told the public that the Rugby Championship is, you know, the third priority for the year, the Bledisloe Cup's, you know, priority number two behind the Rugby World Cup. So if this is higher on your priority list, then your performance has got to be better than we've seen so far. I mean, that's the expectation that the All Blacks have put on this game, not the public. So it's time to show it. And, uh, you know, I've spoken to, you know, a couple of the guys around the team and, you know, there's no shortage of motivation, I'll I'll tell you that. But I think for the confidence of the team, they're going to want to see some of these things coming off. They're playing enough rugby to be scoring points. They're just not scoring them. So uh, a performance in Perth where things go to plan and they put some decent points on the board and obviously win the game, that, that's going to be crucial, I think, for the, the confidence of the team as a whole. Plainly sombre today uh, around the funeral of Brian Lahore, but I expect the celebration of a, a wonderful life uh, for a man integral in New Zealand rugby for, for decades and decades, Scott. Yeah, I don't I don't even think sombre is the word, actually. Um, Darcy, I, I think it was really a, a celebration uh, of someone that was universally admired, certainly in this part of the world, and you know, three to 4,000 people in hand. The stand was full. The stand names for him. Uh, wonderful speakers, you know, family, friends, uh, the All Blacks, farming community. Uh, his local GP spoke. His son, David, spoke. And they were lovely tributes. They really were. There was humour in them. And, and I think that everyone here who knew Sir Brian or BJ, uh, as he liked to be called, you know, just got a sense of exactly who he was today. It was It was certainly a lovely place to be. And the day was beautiful down here in Marston, and uh, the, as the Hurst drove through, a, a lovely hucker performed by the Wadarapa Boys uh, High School team and through a guard of honour formed by up to 100 former All Blacks who were here for the event. Uh, the clouds came over, and now it started to rain. So there you go. The, uh, the legend is gone, and, uh, and the weather's packed it in too. And on that, Scott, we'll let you get on with your evening slash afternoon. Thanks very much for your time and your input. As always, keep your phone on. We'll keep pestering you right up to and right the way through Rugby World Cup 2019. Thanks for your Simo. Cheers, Darcy. Bye.